right, everybody. This has been a um, very hot topic as of late and everything. And this is actually kind of like a doctrine, I'd say. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but the rapture isn't technically in the Bible. The, the rapture is a word that people use for basically the um, ascension of Christians. And uh, it's uh, often related to uh, Calvinistic beliefs um, in the Calvinistic doctrine. And we're going to dig into a little bit about this and kind of understand what the Bible says, not what Calvin says. Because um, although I do agree with a lot of Calvin's work, Calvin's doctrine is not the Bible. And as much as people want to say it is, it's not. It's a watered-down part of the Bible. So we're going to go into the Bible and kind of understand what this is saying. So in the Bible... Um, as we go in here, we have to understand that there's two resurrections, uh, two great resurrections awaiting the inhabitants of Earth. The first one, the resurrection of life, and the resurrection of the just, and the second resurrection is the resurrection of the damnation, or the resurrection of the unjust, is um, what uh, specific um, pastors will read out of different doctrines. Um, when we look at this, we, we reference um, Revelation 20. Revelation 20, uh, 1 through 15, will end up saying, Then I saw an angel coming from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and the great chain. And he sees the dragon and the that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed him and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer, until a thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw the thrones, and seated on them were those whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or its image have not received the mark on their heads or their hands. And it came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. So the two future resurrections described in the Bible, Revelation 20, this is the first resurrection, the blessed and the holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection over the second death, um, has no power, for, but they were the, well, the priests of God in Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years, Revelation 25 through 6, which I've already read, um, those involved in the first resurrection will already be raised to life prior to the thousand-year reign of Christ called the Millennium. Um, so when we go in this, we try to take out these personal notes from this to understand what's being said. So if someone is of Christ and dies, um, will they be resurrected? So 
this go coincides with specifics um, on what different people has uh, like referenced and stuff. So there's been a personal account that I've I, I dealt with, and one of the personal accounts was um, an elderly lady ended up ha having uh, severe dementia and Alzheimer's to the point where she couldn't really remember anything, but before she had all this, she was a Christian lady. Um, so there was a huge struggle during the, uh, the time that she was in the hospice house in which um, it, it wasn't a pretty thing. You know, it, it seemed like the way that the people that were involved were explaining it was almost like there was a fight and at that time and the fight was like a spiritual battle from what they explained they said that she wouldn't pass away she would take her last breath and then start breathing again after like she would take a very deep one and then let it out and then she'd start going in like breathing normally and then it would do it again like she was gonna die and then but no so it kept happening, and eventually, the people started praying. And as they started praying, at the end, when the woman ended up passing away, she ended up puking blood. Now, as a biological standpoint, it's a... They said that it's not a very common thing in the hospice house that it would occur, but they did say that, hey, this does happen, just not too often. When I sat with the lady, personally, and I sat down and I talked to her and I prayed to her, there were certain points in time where the lady would look up at the ceiling and she'd start telling me about people she saw up in the ceiling. I looked at the ceiling and I couldn't see anything but the ceiling, but she saw things. Now, a lot of people will associate this with she was on her way to pass. Other people will say, you know, it's part of the, the disease. Other people will say, you know, there's, you know, it it's, could be spiritual. Um, other people believe that, that once you're on the brink of life and death, then you share the existence of, you know, the out-of-earthly realms. Um, so, when I was there, and I sat with her, and we were talking, she was telling me about people that she saw, people that she grew up with, her family, her, you know, all this people in the, on the ceiling. But then there was another time where she looked at a window, and then she said, you see... And I looked at the window she was pointing at, and there was nobody there. And I actually went out of the outside to go see at the hospice. And I looked around, maybe it was a gardener or something, but no. And she said, that, per that man is trying to kill me. This is where it all came kind of scary to me personally. But I wasn't there when the end happened traumatized the family that were there when we look at this she 
accepted Christ numerous times in her life. And not that she backslid, but it was because she had dementia. She didn't remember that she already did. So a lot of times the, the daughter would say, you believe in Jesus and you do realize this and she'd share the gospel with her and she'd, you know, have her take the sinner's prayer. She would say, you know, you're, God loves you. Jesus loves you. We're here. We're here. We're here. You know, and they're, they're, he's going to take care of you. So we go into this thing and I had to sit down and I had to talk with this family. It was really rough. But when we go into this and I, I try to explain this the best I can, the, it says in the gospel, in the actual New Testament, that the King David never ascended to heaven. So if King David from the Old Testament didn't ascend to heaven, that means he's technically in Sheol. Now, Sheol is very interestingly referenced because some people say Sheol is hell, and other people say, well, there's Sheol and then there's hell. And I am of the personal belief that Sheol and hell are two different places. Because Sheol is like a resting place for the people of, you know, before Jesus walked the earth. And um, hell is for the people that are going to be damned. So when we look at this in a, in a, consensual texts and we try to understand what the Bible says we understand Sheol being a resting place is probably where King David is still sleeping you know where he will be resurrected and then taken by Christ you know now King David was not a perfect king he made a lot of mistakes we do understand that but he repented in numerous Psalms that he has done he even admitted that he sinned more than the hairs on his head so this is another reference of how much King David loved God. And God even said that King David was a man after his own heart. But he wasn't perfect, you know? So think of the way the first resurrection is, is where the ones of God will be able to bless the world with the faith in Christ and to bring others to God through this thousand-year reign. This is the timeline where pastors, ministers, and people of God are set out to really help the nations. Really do it. You know, like, we're trying right now. We are. But when Jesus comes back and that rain is going to be there, this is where his ministers and stuff are going to have to reinforce everybody. Because there's a point in this where we look at this and we have to understand Satan will be released again from the pit for a little while. And the people that are not reinforced in, in God's word will eventually be held accountable for those works. Now, a lot of this is going to be based on the um, people like atheists people that are agnostic or people that just don't really have a belief in Christ and they didn't accept him as the Lord and Savior. So when we look at this and we're understanding that these people rejected Jesus, but they're still alive during his reign, 
this references back to doubting Thomas. Blessed, you, you are blessed because you have seen and believed. But, sorry. You, because you have seen, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believed, is what, the, is what Jesus said to doubting Thomas. In that verse, we understand a very clear indication that faith is not by led by sight. It's led by our hearts, by our spirit, by we know it's there. So when we walk by faith, we understand that we know what's going to happen. And we believe it's going to happen with, without us having to see it. Thomas was a different circumstance. Thomas wanted to believe this because he wanted to see it firsthand. And when Jesus appeared to him and showed him firsthand the holes in his hand and the scar on his side, Thomas had to believe. Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. We have not seen. But we still believe, for we will be blessed for this. But because the others have seen, they're going to go through a little bit of a different prospect of this. Now, when the first resurrection includes those who return to life, at the rapture, as described in 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, verse um, 13 through 18, the dead in Christ and the believers arrive at the rapture, as well as the resurrected uh, Christian martyrs from the end of the tribulation period mentioned in Revelation 20, verse 4. We reflect Revelation 12 through 13 at this, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in those books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. This group will include those who are unbelievers and who will be assigned by judgment into the lake of fire. Revelation 20, verse 15. As we understand this, when Revelation, the books are opened and everything, the people that have been dead um, within the Old Testament were judged by the law. And when the law is coming up, they're going to be judged by their works. But they're also going to be judged by how they are, you know. And this is where God knows our heart. But he also knows what we need to do. This is the difference between being saved by grace and being saved by what, what people reference as legalism. When we look at this, we have to understand that we're conjoining the two. We can't have one without the other. So what a lot of people think is... I am saved by grace, so I can do what I want. That's not the way it works. It's, I am saved by grace, so I need to change who I am and live for God, 
live for Jesus and do the best I can to make him happy. To show him that I love him. To show him I'm doing my best. I am not perfect. I have so many faults and I will admit this to all of you right now that I've been going through a downward spiral recently. Not so much like a, a spiral of like super condensed sinning or anything like that, but I've been going through a spiral of anxiety and depression and all these other things that have been occurring in my life and it's a big case of just the stacks of responsibilities and the stacks of things that have been occurring in my life. That does not dismiss me from turning away from Jesus' commandments. Now, we are the Gentiles and stuff, as Paul and uh, Peter agreed, that we will not be judged by the law because we have never had the law. The Jewish people had the law, so we do not follow the law. But the law will still be written on our hearts, which means even though we're not judged by it, if we show that we are going to follow it to the best of our ability, the Ten Commandments and every commandment that Jesus has put into place, then we have to understand that the laws that are there, and if we abide by them, we're showing God that we respect his word. Even though we're not supposed to be judged by the law, we're going to try to abide by it the best we can. Now, by that, I'm not saying, hey, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that. I'm saying, if you choose not to do that, if you choose not to have bacon on your pizza or pepperoni or something like that, then, you know, that's your choice. I don't think God is going to judge you on that. But, from what I understand, is that when God says that this is bad for you, this is where we have to understand that this is where God said, hey, this stuff isn't good, and then we are saying, well, I think it is, so I'm going to do it anyway. I try to abstain from pork. It's almost impossible today in America to not have pork in something. So, I do eat pork at times, but it's more along the lines of it's because that is what's being put in front of me. When I go to somebody's house to eat and they throw pork in front of me, if there's anything else I can eat around the table, I will do it, but if the pork is the only thing I can eat, then I will eat it. The thing is, is that the animal is being sacrificed. It's being killed for us to eat, and I'm not going to have the animal die for nothing, you know? So, but in the same aspect is I don't eat pork, you know? So I try to abstain from it the best I can. When I do end up eating it, I do repent for it. I'm like, I am sorry I did eat pork today. I know that it's technically I'm a non-Jewish person, so it doesn't fully, you know, apply to me, God, but at the same time, I am sorry, because I know it's not pleasing to you. So when we look at this, 
The third and the final stage of the first resurrection occurs about seven years after the resurrection of the saints of the rapture. Those resurrected near the close of the seven years of the period of tribulation are the multitude of believers which are led in truth through the witnesses of the 144,000. I need to make this part perfectly clear to you. The 144,000 are not what the Jehovah's Witnesses say. The 144,000 are the 12 tribes of Israel, 12,000 of each tribe. Now, if I estimated correctly, there's close to about 9 million people in Israel. I'm not saying all the 144,000 will be in Israel, but I'm saying 144 uh, in Israel less than one percent of them actually believe jesus is the messiah less than one percent so you go into some sort of you know mathematical thing in there and we try to understand where that percentage lies so if less than 140 uh, if less than nine million less than one percent out of nine million people don't believe jesus is the messiah then we have to acknowledge that this number can be pretty accurate. Because when uh, they will not receive the mark of the beast in their hands and the foreheads, they will be martyred for this. And they will be brought forth from the dead at the end of the tribulation, just as Christ comes to earth to reign for a thousand years. The 144,000 are the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes times 12,000 of each tribe, which would equal 144,000, would be sealed by not taking the mark of the beast. As we understand this, by people witnessing the righteousness uh, of Israel, grants non-believers a chance to redeem themselves through the Lord, through his works and faith. You are blessed because you have seen. Blessed are uh, those uh, who are believed and haven't seen. Uh, we are witnesses to Christ, yet we get salvation by his grace. So because we haven't witnessed Christ ourselves, we get salvation by the grace of God. Because we are established under good fruits to give him and serve him as our Lord. Non-believers will have a harder time, especially when Satan gets released for a short time, because they will be tempted to go back to their old ways. As you can see, God is implementing a way that we can be saved still in this, in this cause for the non-believers. But the non-believers are going to have a little bit of a harder time because they're going to be judged har a little more harshly than the Christians that were always into it. So the way we look at it is during the right before the thousand year reign, um, the 144 tribes of uh, sealed uh, Jews will end up, you know, going over. Um, there's going to be a thousand year reign of Jesus. At that time, we're to minister to the world. When Satan is released after that thousand year time, he's going to be released for a short period. This is where it goes into the second death. Now, the prophets, the kings, the righteous people, and the believers in Sheol will, ascend, will go into the first resurrection as well. The other people 
that Satan is used, uh, that will Satan manipulates, um, will go to the second death, which is the, um, which is the lake of fire. The righteous will go to the first resurrection and into the kingdom of heaven as well. The Holy Spirit is what guides us. It's the righteousness in Christ and God. So when we have the Holy Spirit, it's what leads us to do the holy, the to preach the gospel in holiness. We need to go in and teach people what the Bible says, not what Calvin says, not what Luther says, not what all these reformations says. And I'm not a Catholic, so I'm not discrediting the reformation technically more people would consider me a protestant but when you look at this and stuff we need to stop with these doctrines and we need to go by the scripture of god because if we go beyond the scripture of god and start going into other things we are eluding ourselves from what god is actually trying to teach us Sheol is where the dead are sleeping. The dead in Christ will be saved. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18, Sheol br brings a death as Revelation states that Jesus will hold the keys to death and Hades, and he will open hell and death to enact the resurrection. We are to minister to the world during the thousand-year reign. After the thousand years, Satan will, uh, is put into hell and will be let out for a bit and start troubles. The ones we minister to will be tested as the books are open, and they will be judged by their works. This will be a consistent to see if they will go to heaven or enter the lake of fire with Satan. King David, the prophets, and the others that were killed or martyred or will be taken during the first resurrection into the kingdom of heaven. The world shall be united under Christ, not divided. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, male or female in Christ. As it states that we need to live in a... The way that we live now is in a religious indoctrination of Catholicism, certain Protestant doctrines, denominations, Muslims, Mormons that are all divided by the word of God. Instead of going by scripture, the doctrines have made it to be watered down from what scripture tells us directly. In Luke uh, 22, verse 3, Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. So, when we look at this, we have to understand. This is similar to how we referenced Cain in my last episode. Cain was... Um, was Cain saved after he named one of his children Enoch? Did he understand that God was only trying to father him and guide him um, and tell him what is needed? <clears throat> now that Judas understood that was happened, um, what happened wasn't fully him. It was Satan's influence. His regret was too much and he hung himself. Where Cain was set to have to live forever and walk the earth. So when Cain was set to live, Judas took the easy way out. This is one of the things that we have to fully understand. But would God have forgiveness on this? This is where we look and we have to understand we have to reference Job. We have to reference everything King David did. And he never ascended to heaven. This is where the resurrection occurs where they can live during the thousand year reign. 
Has everything come to an end and the second death occurs? Were all the unrighteous people who followed Satan during his release will be cast into the lake of fire? Everyone will be granted passage to heaven by their faith and the fruits of the Lord. For this, for there is a new uh, heaven and a new earth that will be awaiting us, along with the 144,000 uh, sealed Jews, and have been blessed with the Holy Spirit, bringing righteousness and salvation to the believers by God and Jesus' sacrifice. As we understand all of this, and understand where this is going, right? What we need to fully grasp as a whole is that in Christ and in our hearts, we need to accept him as our Lord and Savior. Is there going to be a rapture? There's pre-tribulation raptures. There's post-tribulation raptures. There's so many different people that believe in different kind of raptures or some people that don't even believe in a rapture. The, the whole thing is when we look at rapture and we look at scripture, the word rapture isn't in there. But there is words that we that people will be taken and saved through the tribulation periods. There's also words that um, about the first and second resurrections, uh, the deaths. Um, and basically everything is written in there, but people try to water down terms. They put in the trinity to explain something when we already know what the trinity is in scripture they just will coin something to make it easier for people to understand read your bible understand what god's word truly is and from there you will understand what we need to do what we need to follow and what we need to listen to if any of this has inspired you and what you want to um Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Go into the episodes, find the sinner's prayer, and uh, recite it. Um, I would get baptized if uh, you can. And uh, aside from that, have a great weekend, and God bless you all.